The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yo, welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host Sean Chris, riding shotgun as always. Yo, brah, brah, I'm ready to go, baby. Where I'm sitting on top, I told you all about that Gatlin gun. I got it strapped to the top of the truck. I'm coming out the top of the sunroof, ready to go on all these folks. You know how we do it, and we got some, some special, special guests tonight. We've got Billy and William from Perma Pastures Farm, and they're also from Permaculture Pimp Cast. This is the the pimp daddy, the pasture raised pimp, y'all. It's about to go down. <laughs> How y'all doing? That's hey, gonna man. be the best introduction. <laughs> Dude, I think we might have to if we can get a copy of that and put it at the front of our podcast, man. I think you did a better intro than what we got, man. I mean. Dude, I thought the permaculture <laughs> for sure was all right, man. And I thought using the Gap Band is our intro music, <laughs> but I think we're gonna have to use that, man. If we can get a clip of that, that'd be great. Yeah, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. guaranteed a link to every one of the show descriptions. I'm telling you what. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so tell us about yourself. Introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do. Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there and talk about how you got started with uh, permaculture. Uh, a lot of people don't know what permacu- permaculture is. Um, we're fortunate enough to know, but, um, you know, break it down for everybody else. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I didn't come from a farming background. My wife did. And, um, you know, early on came from a dude. Let me just put it this way, man. We put the funk and dysfunctional in my family. I yep. mean, Bro, there ain't nothing normal about this. Oh, we should say that this is a I'm that's dad, Billy. Yeah, that's and then me. I'm William. Yeah, I'm his dad. Yeah, I'm yeah. the son. Yeah. Yeah. I'm his dad. Yeah. So um that's yeah. right. That's right. I'm the permaculture <laughs> daddy and he's a pasture raised pimp. Pimp stands for permaculture is my passion for the people out there that might get offended. But um, yeah, I came from a weird family. I came from a um well, I mean, dysfunctional, highly dysfunctional family. Both mom and dad were both convicted felons. We were raised, all me and my five brothers, raised by a grandmother. Um, very weird, odd way of growing up. A lot of weird stuff that would probably overlay with the guy with the kind of stuff you guys talk about that I've witnessed growing up. I mean, some freaky kind of stuff uh, that I don't, I don't really talk about much. And then, you know, made a lot of mistakes in life, but did a lot of good things. Um, I like to think I had a, you know, one maybe might have canceled out the other. Went to the Army, um, came an airborne sapper, met my wife there. We have my son right here. And, you know, try like so many people, try to find your way in life. And you think the American dream, the way they tell you, turns out to actually be a nightmare. 
I'm sure all of us, to some extent, can can attest to that. With this American nightmare, we realized, okay, 2008, my wife had come from a farming background in her world, and in 2008, the rug literally fell out from under me because I'm a IBEW journeyman electrician, and, you know, when that, when that all fell apart, I knew that everything in our lives had to change. In fact, the only job I could find in 08 was working in third world countries. So I said, man, I'd prayed. You know, I make no apologies about the fact that I'm a blood-bought uh, soldier of Christ. And um, I was like, man, if I ever find my way out of this, I'm never going to be in this position again where I'm wondering how we're going to pay the bills, how we're going to put food on the table, how we're going to do all this stuff. And I'm telling you what, the answer to a lot of that was first recognizing that everything I've been told was either told to me by profligate liars, whether politicians, pundits, or prostitutes, it didn't matter. They're all liars. And I realized there was no left-right and that there was, in fact, a left-right paradigm. It wasn't a blue state or a red state. It was a state against you. And so I realized in this thing that in order for us to have any degree of control of our lives, we're going to have to, well, we discovered permaculture. And in discovering that, you find out that the prime directive of permaculture is to immediately at that moment take complete ownership of yourself and those and the people around you. So what that means to me as the patriarch of my family is that I'm responsible for everything my family does and fails to do. So that being the case, you know, it was like pull yourself up, do the boot. I mean, full steam ahead. And then when I discovered people like Joel Salatin and a number of other people, Jeff Lawton, and then saw this uh, greening the docu- greening the desert documentary. I got to say, fellas, it was there was no looking back. There was no looking back. When I realized, you mean I can grow my own food? I don't have to go to the store. Better still, I can go learn to be a butcher. And then instead of taking in my animal and getting somebody else's back, I can go there, volunteer, be an apprentice at one of the finest butcher shops at that time in the country, learn this craft. Now I'm in a position where I teach others this thing. And honestly, we live in a, we live in a place right now where we pretty much provide all of our own meat. We provide a lot of it. Pretty much anything we want to eat, we can provide. And it all started from being in what I will call the crucible of really hard times. So realizing realizing that you know everything about this system is ate up, messed up from the ground up. And in order to do anything worthwhile in this world, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to find my own way. I can't seek guidance or instruction from profligate prostitutes and liars. I just can't do it. Yeah. No, yeah. Say. Definitely. That's like one of the one thing that I really liked when I first uh, went on your uh, when you, when I went on your channel and your your podcast and when you were talking about building our own economies. I thought that was like something that really resonated with me. And that's kind of like what you're talking about in my in my point of view, because Instead of depending on the economy that's given to us or kind of the chains that we're locked in, now you can create your own thing. And I think a lot of people don't believe in themselves enough or think that they could do that. But you're like living proof that like you can do it too. Like, you know what I'm saying? You you said you, you pretty much had every kind of background you can expect <laughs> and you still were able to succeed and make this go forward. It's a double-edged sword. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, because you find yourself in a very lonely place. When you you've been in there in the in well I'll, what I'll call the bottom of Plato's cave along with the rest of humanity, and then all of a sudden you find yourself out of it, and then you got to start asking yourself critical questions. Now, as a person of color, 
Um, there aren't a whole lot of people in the farming world that look a lot like me. So I wasn't going to find a lot of examples like that, but it's not, I didn't need those examples either. All I needed was somebody that was doing something I wanted to do. I didn't have to be saddled with this notion of, uh, what people like to call systemic racism and all that sort of thing. Now, once upon a time where I grew up in Oklahoma, there was no two ways about it. Those things absolutely existed. And, um, I'm not sure that's the same world now. I just know that I couldn't leave Oklahoma soon enough when I had the opportunity. And um, I will say, man, it, there's nothing more. This is going to sound almost morbid, but there's nothing more freeing to your soul than knowing that, for example, I raised these pigs since they were babies. I raised these chickens. I raised them up right. They only have one bad day, and they don't even know it's coming. And it's not even a bad day because it to them it never even happened. They just don't live anymore. Yeah, it's instant, right? So we do it in such a way to where we can take this meat. And by the way, Sean, it's this meat you can't buy in the store. Yeah, you can't buy this quality. <laughs> you can't buy this, man. Yeah. We got we're growing stuff at high atop Billy's Jungle Palace of Love up here that you can't <laughs> buy in the store, homie. It just can't be had. And if I'm going to be able to afford this meat. Like, for example, you you can't go into the finest butcher shop and get Katahdin lamb. You can't go in there and get a guinea hog, which I know is not a guinea pig. A lot of people might be wondering, bro, but I'm talking like... Can't get that either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't get that either. <laughs> no, like an American guinea hog where you don't know. You've never tasted awesome pork until you had that. You don't know what grass-fed grass beef and... Grass-finished beef. Grass fin exactly. Yeah. You don't know what that tastes like until you raise it. And by the way, most of us just can't afford it, especially in the United States of Amnesia. But son, why don't you tell them about your, your path? Oh, man. Well, I grew up uh, basically like... Uh, my parents were awake growing up, so I didn't have to go through... I didn't have to break through that shell of... Brah! Yeah, I didn't have to do that through the <laughs> through the matrix. Uh, I was, just grew up awake for the most part, and I have my parents to thank for that. Um, I got out of high school, uh, started did college for half a semester, realized that was a waste of time, and then uh, I switched over and I became a residential electrician. I wanted to learn a trade, so I got into that. Uh, I've worked as a sleep technician, as a like forklift operator. Um, I've kind of done a bunch of different things and then finally have settled on doing per permaculture full time. And uh, on the YouTube channel, we teach people that this is not that difficult, that they can do this, uh, whether you're on large scale or small scale, anything like that. Um, I learned under Jeff Lawton. I went over to Australia and learned under him for a few months. Um, I've been to Joel Salatin's PIDS course. I've kind of been over all over trying to see how everybody else is doing things. Um, and it's worked out great. Instead of sending him off, Sean, let me say it this way. Instead of sending him off to college to go get indoctrinated, um, we decided to send him to Australia. Actually, he sent himself there. Instead of sending him off to go get a PhD in, um, you know, in, in nonsense, we decided to put, find out where his interests lie and do everything we can to help foster that. And then so we send him out or we send my wife out or we send me out to an emissary to go learn a skill that we don't currently have. And then we get back and cross train the others. So we'll send my wife off to Greg Duty to learn how to graze from the very best on the planet. 
send him off to Australia to go work under uh, Jeff Lawton, who greened the desert, by the way. Check out that documentary. And then the Earthship Academy and the internship as well. Right. So we all, we take turns going to different places, learning from the best that we can find on planet Earth. And I got to say, if you were to add up the money that we've spent on education, uh, yeah. it might, it might all together. Now, this is, now keep in mind, I'm a guy that has, I got a military education trade education, college education, and a farm education. And the only one of those in that quadrant that hadn't put a dime in my pocket was the money I paid to go get indoctrinated in college. So, I mean, so, so what is the that half worth? a semester I spent in college? Exactly. So just to go there and find out, you know, like so many others, I was taught, Oh, you got to go to college. You got to do this. You know what? Um, I made more money as a journeyman electrician than probably 95% of the college graduates out there. I mean, trades, man, trades. That's a lot of people are making a lot of money off trades. Well, that's definitely, that's like my brother, man. He's a, uh, he's a uh, HVAC tech and he makes really good money. And like everybody, a lot of other people, they went in, you know, to college four years, six years, and they're making the same amount of me. And I didn't even go like to anything. That's, you know that's I mean? exactly just, what I'm talking about, bro. I mean, everybody has been told this lie. Just like I hear you guys talk about, and and I listen to your programs. In fact, it's one of my favorite podcasts. Somebody asked the other day in our podcast, give us a list of the podcasts. Yeah, you're I think to. they you, did. You guys are right there because not only do you guys, you you guys have a, um, not only do you have an entertaining podcast, you do it in a format and where it's informative. And honestly, y'all have me cracking up sometimes. <laughs> and but I mean, honestly, humor is the best way to deliver difficult information. And you guys are really superb at that. And frankly, in our own podcast, we try to take maybe a little bit of a little bit of that and wrap it up. Because let's be honest here, a farming podcast in and of itself is probably not all that entertaining. And most of them are dry and boring. Like, hey, y'all, yeah. check it sounds out like farmers are doing just, it. Yeah, <laughs> Man, there's, no reason I can't, there's no reason I can't take. All the experience that I have, some of it in entertainment, some of it I used to be a talk show host once upon a time, a part-time talk show host while I was a journeyman electrician at the same time. That's that's a whole story. If you and that's how I know the underpinnings of the belly of the beast. I know how this works. I've seen, I've been there in the news studios and local uh, studios and saw how that goes down. I've been there on talk radio and I saw how that goes down. And I realize, I mean, I can't even listen to terrestrial radio for the most part, but when I listen to what you guys, um, whether it's something I don't know about or maybe I'm marginally interested, I listen because your interchange and your ideas are are just really fantastic. So it's a real joy to be here with y'all tonight. And it's a, I mean, I can't begin to tell you, man, how, um, how awesome it is to listen to you guys when I'm out here doing, because in the farm work, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of work that's repetitive. So I get to listen to a lot of podcasts, and you guys are one of them, man. It's a real joy to be on here with you. Yeah, we're here with rock stars. That's what I'm man. talking about. Man, likewise, though, because, like, see, that's what I was telling you. Like, when I was on your show and, like, following you guys now, because obviously that's how we, like, you know, network works. Somebody, somebody knows somebody that knows somebody, then we all connect. And seeing what you're doing is inspiration to us, too, because, like, I mean, personally, I don't do, you know, my own farming, but I, I go to, like, my own guy that I get my cows and my pigs from. And, and when you were saying earlier, like, you know, you can't get any meat like this, I think that's absolutely true. You know how, like, they say, like, uh, food is not as good, like, if you don't put love into it? You know what I mean?
know when someone like really like cares about people like they make the best food even though they can make the same dish same ingredients but for some reason it just tastes better i think the same thing goes with uh growing and uh raising your own uh uh uh, animals and stuff you you put that love into it so it just it's just gonna taste better and you're gonna taste the love and it's gonna have that deliciousness i think that's what everything is all about is what you put into it is what you're gonna get if you put in all the work you put in all the love and you put in the effort the blood sweat and tears you're gonna get that back tenfolds it's just that a lot of people are scared to do that and i think it's cool too that like how you let uh will kind of william go like Hey, you could test college, you know, you could try it, you know, <laughs> you'll see if you like it. He, he, best experience is if you see it yourself. I could tell you all, you all you want that it sucks, but you're going to have to experience yourself. And he got to experience for himself and then get to make his own decision. And I think that's always better to like let people see it head on so that they can make that decision. And then he got to go and learn even more because then you learn multitude of things because in that college setting, you're only going to be whatever that book says on whatever subjects that we're learning about. But now you can go everywhere like, man, now you, you went as an electrician, you need someone to uh, put some plugs in, I got you. You know what I mean? You need me to raise this, I got you. Like, the more we learn, the more valuable we come to not just other people but ourselves. It's empowering in a way that I don't even know how to describe. Um, as I was getting to before, you know, it's like when you put – people say that chickens are a gateway to homesteading. I disagree. It's It's gardening. Because it's it's easily it's more easily accessible to everybody. Even if you live in an apartment balcony, you can put a seed in a little pot and stick it in a window. And what that and what that creates, what that starts, at least in me, one of my earliest fondest memories of a kid is going to a and it's funny this time of year was going to an apple orchard when I was in like uh, kindergarten to first grade. And one of the most powerful memories you're ever going to have are always overlaid with your sense of smell, your olfactories. You ever smell something and it immediately takes you back to a place, whether good or bad, that smell can take you right back there. Well, that's what it did for me. And that's why my son messes with me all the time saying, hey, man, nobody nobody likes apples the way you do. Well, that's no. part of the reason. <laughs> well, I mean, he calls <laughs> nobody loves apples the way dad does. And the way he goes on about them. <laughs> Like you think it's going to be some magical like York peppermint <laughs> patty commercial. And What's it's your not. favorite it's apple, then? What's your favorite apple? What's the best apple? Yeah, yeah you're going to hear this. Yeah, yeah what's the best apple? On the apple? I bought the patent on this apple, man. It's called an Evercrisp. And I'm Evercrisp. Telling you, I'm telling you what, oh, man. man, this thing is the best apple you ever had in your life. But let me tell you the best part about these apples. Not just that <laughs> apple, but all apples this time of year. Okay, I got pigs. I got chickens. These are omnivores. Okay, not only am I raising... Well, I was telling you all a moment ago, not only am I raising the best food on planet Earth, I'm doing it for free. I raise my pigs for 21 cents a pound. We raise our chickens for free. And guess what? Those apples that are on the trees right now, there's a whole lot of them that hit the ground. So we teach people, instead of going out there and buying a bunch of pig food, chicken food, and all this other stuff, why not go to one of these apple orchards, be a blessing to them, say, look, man, I'll take care of all these apples on the ground that you can't sell. I'll put them in buckets. I'll fill, I could fill up my truck. I kid you not. One of the places where they sell these Evercrisp apples near us, I can go out there with my pickup. I could fill that thing up 30 times and not even put a dent. But at the same time, am I not only being a blessing to that people that run that orchard, 
I'm being a blessing to my animals because they're not eating that stuff that came out of a bag. They're yeah. eating this stuff. And you know what pigs taste like when they're finished on apples? Yeah, that's why you can't uh, buy this type of quality. That's what I'm saying. And these chickens, man, they're like, oh, yeah, thanks, homie. I'll be, you know, they're, they're like, dude. They're, <laughs> we, have bougie bougie chickens. we have bougie chickens. They won't eat, like, uh, bread anymore. Yeah, man. They're looking at you like, man, nah, man, bring back the apples. We throw them up like a baguette. We even cut it open for them. And they still won't touch it. But that's the crows the touch it. That's ex- that's exactly the thing. So it wasn't just enough to raise our food. It was like, how can we do it for free using waste streams that other people get rid of? And I'm talking, we can get first class waste streams that are perfectly edible for you and me. And I'm feeding it to my pigs and my chickens. That's why I'm able to raise pork for 21 cents a pound. So much so, check this out, y'all. This last year, we got what six pigs. Yep. We have one that died, fell off the side of this mountain. We live. We live a, in the mountains. That's a story. Man. We live that, on a mountain, looking at mountains. We're raising pigs in environments that people say it can't be done, but we're doing it. We raised so much meat that the fifty birds we got out there, the fifty meat birds, we ain't even got y'all. We got so much meat in the freezer. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying it as a matter of you can't be generous unless you do it from a point of abundance. You yeah, you, you're right. You right. can't. Unless you have an abundance. Right. So it allows us. We've given pigs away to a church one time. That was a mistake. And that's another story altogether. (laughs) Man, found out we were feeding millionaires, yo. And then we got three of them out there right now, all of which are being given away. So we can we can take this pork, first class pork that people, honestly, any one of these pigs out there, I can sell for two thousand a piece. I'm able to give it away. Because I raised them for nothing. I'm in it for nothing. These pit, Like I said, these chickens, we got 50 of them out there. We just did a video on YouTube today. And, um, you know. Like, we don't have space to put the, the birds. And it's not that we have, like, a lack of freezers. Oh, we're going to find some space yeah. for that barnyard pimp. Make no mistake <laughs> on that. Yeah, these birds are going to graduate, bro. They're going to the freezer now. But the, the point being is that all this stuff is available and nobody, almost nobody's teaching it. So we've taken methods that he learned in Australia. We're taking methods that we devised. Some things we've invented. And some of the best in the world told us, I can't raise pigs like that while I'm doing it. We've been doing it for a long time. And if everybody else, just take, for example, the chicken tractor on steroids, where we produce all the meat you can possibly eat in the form of chicken, all the eggs you could possibly want, and one and a half cubic yards of finished compost per week. Now, if you think about that, you could be taking that compost, putting it on your garden. All the eggs you got, bam, you got your you got some egg source right there, and then all the meat you need right there, and all and it's all being done with waste streams. Yeah, here's the closed loop system with the with the the potential closed loop system with the chicken tractor on steroids. A closed loop system means you need no outside inputs. So let's say you have a high tunnel or a greenhouse and you're growing a garden in there. All right. So those the scraps, because about 75 percent of those greens, you're not going to eat. It's going to be plant material that you're not going to eat. So all that stuff goes with the chickens. The chickens eat that. The chickens produce uh like either meat or eggs and compost. The compost goes back to the high tunnel to fertilize the next series of plants. Those plants feed the chickens. The chickens produce the compost. You see the you see the loop. Yeah, yeah. So it it's a closed loop. It's just system. a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah, yeah exactly. This is what the powers that shouldn't be don't want us to know because yeah. we don't. Okay, there's a nitrogen crisis in this world, but it doesn't affect us. 
So if more people adopted the methods we have, now if you can be a kid that came from two convicted felons for parents, okay? If you can be a kid like me that came from that environment and can discover this stuff along the way, anything's possible. It, this is available to everybody. We don't need everybody doing it. We just need to know somebody. I remember hearing in your podcast, Sean, you talking about how you supported some of the local farmers, how you get your stuff. Well, you don't have to be the one growing it. You just need to support the one growing it. Exactly. That was a point I was yeah. going to go back to is that you you made a good point there is that you don't have to. We can create this parallel economy. So where like whenever they do institute the mark and all that stuff, it doesn't even affect us because, you know, the farmer, you can go directly to the farmer and purchase your food. And there's all kinds of services you can offer. You know what I mean? Like there's something that they may not know how to do. Like, you know, be like, hey, you need editing. You need pictures. You need a, a website. You need delivery. Like there's just keep thinking and that endless of like, what can I do to help? And I think that if you have a good relationship with them, they're going to be like, yeah. And then you're going to figure something out. And especially like you were saying make a system where you're not spending a bunch of money. I think everybody thinks like, Oh man, I'm going to have to get like, you know, like $500,000 and buy this farm and be, get this kind of equipment and get this kind of feed. And like you're saying, man, use the resources hey, it, around you. There's a easy way you can do it. It's, it, it's taking steps, right? You know, I, I tell this to my son cause he's got big dreams, right? And that's good. But at the end of the day, it's brick by brick. You got to like build it. So it's not overnight. You're, I tell him all the time, I was like, you want the roof on the house, man. You ain't got the foundation finished yet. So it's the same thing with anything that you're pushing for in life. You know, if your goal is to have a farm, it's not going to happen overnight. Like, especially if you're starting from not that arena. You know what I mean? I was fortunate enough growing up, like my granddad had a farm. I grew up on a farm for a lot of my life. I grew up in the North Georgia mountains. So I I've seen a lot of that. I know what goes into that type of thing. Uh, my family owns land up there. They've got a lot of uh, access to a lot of things. My mom does a lot of gardening, grows a lot of stuff. So I know what it takes to put that, to go into that. Um, it, and it doesn't happen overnight. And like you said, Sean, if you can't, uh, do it yourself. You can support the people that do, and you can support each other. Uh, Billy, we've talked about this. We'll support, and you could right. jump in it. You can also help. Like you could be like, "Hey, I don't know how to do this." So, hey, I'll do this for free for you if you teach me. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'll go gather all the apples up for you if you show me how to raise the pigs. You know what I mean? Like, trade, man. Like, if you're good to people, it comes back. It really does. And I think that that people are too afraid to, like, really unite with each other. Like, hey, go do the thing you don't want to do. Like, maybe it's not the funnest to go grab all those apples. But in turn, you're going to learn something that's going to be invaluable to you that you can sustain your own life. And I think that is the most important. And people are just like, I got to do it myself or I got to build i agree brick by brick but you know get a little advice from people that are already doing it like me and you joel right when we saw podcasts uh when we saw what people are doing on instagram we didn't just go oh we're gonna we took a little bit from everybody you know that's what you're supposed to do the greatest quarterbacks the greatest people in sports they go hey how did he get this, this success oh i'm gonna kind of you don't have and to beat them but you know, take a couple out of their it. tools out they of their tool belt out of it that's what yep. sean and i yep. do we're always pushing ourselves to do something different create a new new avenue and I, I think that's what you guys are doing in your avenue you, you found a way it's evident you, right yeah it's, it's evident in what you guys do it's like well a, that's what we did with permaculture exactly yeah. we, we we like to you know it's a and i said this quote the other day it was from da vinci it's a poor sort of pupil that does not surpass his master so if i took my son to a certain point standing on my shoulders he ought to take it where he found it <laughs> 
past where he found it. And it was like what you were saying a moment ago, Sean. I remember years ago when I was following football years ago, I remember there was this guy named Ed McCaffrey. And um, yeah, and so I, I was watching him in an interview one time. And they was talking about, well, well, they were like, hey, how'd you get to be so good? He said, because I did everything Jerry Rice did. When he cut the, the front of his toe out of his shoe, I did it. I dressed like him. I did everything just like him. And he became great himself. Okay, not maybe not gr- Jerry Rice great, but gave, became as great as he could manage just because he emulated. And that's exactly what we've done. But we've taken some of these systems, for example, the chicken tractor on steroids, and we're the... Nobody on planet Earth has developed that system more than we have. But we stood on the shoulders of Jeff Lawton. And he stood on the shoulders of his predecessor, which happened to be Carl Hammer out of Vermont Compost. So everybody took it one step further. And then when I started going to um, festivals and stuff like that and started talking about what we were doing, people would say, hey, you know, if you was to do this, man, and tweak it this way, you can make it even more efficient. So it's... And going right back to what you said, if there is a skill you want, for some reason, everybody seems to overlook apprenticeship. Make yourself a blessing to that person, just like the guy with the apples out there at the orchard. I could lit, I could fill up my truck literally probably 30 times and not put a dent in the apples that are on the ground there. Well, that's somebody he would have to hire to go do that. Right. Okay, well, what he doesn't and know. And he can't sell those. So he's not even making a profit off hiring somebody to go pick those up. Take another example. And this is this is one I laugh about all the time. I won't say the university, but there's one local university near us. And they got some of these highfalutin kids. You know, everybody's, you know, got to be a vegan. They got to be this. Well, the result is a lot of their food waste at this particular university that is in very close proximity to us. Dig this. They got in somewhere in the neighborhood of about 600 pounds of organic waste a day. Wow. And now, think about that. 600 pounds, all right? Now, you take somebody like me, and I come walking through the door, you know, and these, and the lady running this place is like, um, you know, I'm just hoping I can get the food scraps, you know? And she says, of course, she sees me as a person of color and, of course, disadvantaged. BIPOC privilege. Yeah, yeah, that's what they see. I don't play nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I walk in there, and, of course, they're thinking I'm, dis- they think I'm disadvantaged, right? Well, I'm not disadvantaged at all, but you can go ahead and think that all you want. Hey, I'll, yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. You want to break bread? I won't fake dead. So (laughs) it's like, but here's the crazy part about it. I'm just wanting to go in there and get the food scraps. And then they look at me and they're like, um, well, we got about 600 pounds a week, uh, would a thousand bucks, a thousand, 600 a day, would a thousand bucks a month be okay? And I'm like falling over myself. Like, well, hold up. Say what? I was going to pay y'all for this, but you want to pay me? Okay. Knock yourself out. Oh, and they sorted it. <laughs> no and problem. They, sorted it. <laughs> they will wow. sort it for you. That's what I'm saying. All these, we, we have tons and tons. Y'all, if you knew the kind of food that gets thrown in a dumpster at, let's say, Chipotle or at your local... Now, grocery stores are going to be... Unless they're a small-town grocery store that have a flip-top dumpster, they're not going to work with you. And there's other methods that I devise, like, hey, if you're going to to hit up a restaurant, go between the hours of 2 and 4 on a weekday, preferably a Tuesday. Um, Hit food banks, because they are the end-line users. After a food bank, it it has to go in the dumpster. You might as well be that dumpster. And think about it. 
This may seem disgusting to a lot of people, but we are approaching a, a time in America where food security, and I hate that expression, but it is what it is. Let's be real here. We got a, we got right there in the Mississippi, we got last number 2,000 barges sitting there with grain on them. We got a so-called nitrogen fertilizer problem. All of it's probably contrived and controlled, almost certainly is. Oh, we got yeah. weather problems. I know I can say this to you guys and nobody's going to yeah. call me a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> serious weather issues that all just seem to be happening right now we got people in the midwest that can't even plant their their crops uh through this year because it's too doggone dry we have all these things these cows dropping like flies too bam yeah left and right i knew we were going to go dark so uh all this (laughs) stuff happening at the same time so we had better be looking for legitimate solutions. And I'll take a play on what you guys say in your intro and what, and the way you exit your show. Um, you better wake up and smell the corruption or you're going to fall asleep drinking the hemlock. That's yeah. just my way of saying what you guys normally say, but there you have it in a nutshell, y'all. I mean, all this stuff, we're in a, we're in a very fragile system, but we don't have to be, we got to wake up and see this thing for what it is. And if we don't, well, we're going to go the same way that every other empire has. Well, we have the time to like this is the potential to take over right now. If they're going to they're going to collapse everything, we can we can take over this entire country. And we need to go ahead and build these parallel economies while we can and while it's easy before everything collapses. Well, they're and worried right new- now. They're worried yeah. right now because the the WEF and the UN, they just signed a pact and they're trying to rush the 2030 agenda. So they're actually trying to rush it quicker than it getting to 2030 because everybody's hip to what's going on. So right now, people are preparing. People are connecting, networking, talking to each other. We're not sitting in our houses scared. It, that's what they wanted, but a lot of people didn't fall for it. Or people that fell for it early on woke up. So now people are connecting, and now they're scrambling. Listen... At the end of the day, and, and Sean says it best, and I'm just going to reiterate what he said before, is we give these devils too much credit. We really do. Like, a lot of people give these devils too much credit. You know, at the end of the day, he's the devil, and he is a lesser being than God. He's a lesser being than Jesus. At the end of the day, if you're rolling on the right team, who gives a shit? Like, who cares what they're doing? Like, I don't care. I'm coming blazing, baby. Like, and I don't care. Like, yeah, because what's the worst case scenario, man? I go into eternity of greatness. <laughs> like, all right, what are you gonna do, man? Like, that's your that's the thing that you got on me. Like, you're willing to kill me, and I get am I only have an even better life? All right, like <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Like, there's nothing you can do to me that's gonna harm me. And I think when we think in that mindset, that's when they fear us. It's not a like, oh, I'm gonna go burn this down. It's yeah, you know, we could get mad and stuff like that. But when we're like, you know what, we don't need you. I don't know if you guys have heard of um the beef the beef initiative uh with Texas slim the he's like starting this he's like going around having like all these conventions and getting and connecting farmers with people that's another thing like i think the more we connect with each other like you said we build it ourselves we don't need them there's nothing we need but what happens is when you do kind of get into that system of when you're like i got to be in college and i got to get this job now i don't know how to do anything i don't know how to build something i don't know how to fix anything that i have i don't know how to grow anything so all i do is produce uh, is you know like uh 
be a, a consumer and then create waste because there's so much waste that we create and you guys are not creating the waste you're creating you're using you know what i'm saying you're using it to profit and, they, and people don't see that they can do that they just go oh man i don't need this i'm gonna throw this away you know how much food i see throw i'm big because it's that's kind of how my dad was and probably because his dad grew up in you know the depression era like i hate when i see someone throwing away food you know like that's when like my dad when i was little he would be like man you know that there's a kid in another country you know you can't eat and you're like damn man all right man i think i can finish this bite you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah right on the money you guys are I'll, I'll give you a prime example when i would try to teach butchery classes you know whether it was hog butchery or whether it was chicken butchery or whatever just a few years ago uh pre-covid let's say there would almost be nobody showing up now every festival i go to they know i'm a butcher and they want me to process a pig and then check it out this last we've been going to festival after festival it seems like every single week for the last month at least or maybe maybe longer, longer than, than that. that for the summer yeah it's been it's been yeah. you know we're in we're in high demand right now because people want to have they want to see a pig butchered right there i couldn't get anybody in the class before this last one we did this last weekend not only did they sell out immediately from the class that was already scheduled, I think they put 25 people in there. They went ahead and asked me, hey, man, can you go ahead and do this another day and butcher another pig? And I'm like, man, I know I'm going to be wore out, but you know what? If it means if it means just one person walks out of that class able to to process an, a pig, and the way we teach it, it doesn't, it doesn't just work on pigs. It'll work on any four-legged animal. But the point being, is that they had to open up a whole nother class and it immediately sold out. So the demand is higher than ever. Like you said. And you can't really teach more than 25 at a time. Right. Not and, well. And when you do this sort of thing, when you have these classes like this, it's it's speaking to what you guys were talking about. That all of a sudden, when we know how to do things once again, they have no power. They really have no power. If you can't, I mean, you're going to take my food. Well, you can drop me off in the woods wearing wet weather boots and a G-string, and I'm still going to get something to eat. I'm gaining weight. Mm -hmm. I'm coming, coming out. out. <laughs> yeah. But that's exactly, you know, that's the way, like you were talking about the Depression era. Well, let's think about a couple of crazy stats here. I mean, during that time in 1929, okay, so during the 20s, they had the roaring 20s. Soup in every, you know, chicken in every pot. People are living it up. Became what some people would call a depraved society. Well, 1929 happens, which, by the way, is probably going to happen again here in the next month or two. But 1929 happens. And what does it produce? It was the end of that fourth turning. It produced what some people call the greatest generation. But keep in mind, during that time, this is at a time in America where 90% of the people lived rurally, 10% lived in the city. And even at that time, during the Great Depression, 8 to 10 million people starved to death. Now, those numbers are flopped. 90% live in the city, 10% live in the country, and less than 1% of that 10% is anywhere close to being self-sustaining. So if you have that thing, same thing jump off today, the way things have been, if you thought there was 8 to 10 million then, well, the calamity is going to be on another level. But the difference is we can see it coming. So we got a chance, like William said, to prepare. We got we we're, we see an enemy that right that, you know, they didn't see it coming. So when it dropped, it dropped. And now all of a sudden we can see, unlike the previous generations, we have the benefit of understanding the fourth turning. And here we are, by the way, is in case nobody knows, here we are at the end of another fourth turning. 
Every 80 years, basically, Strauss and Howe wrote this book called The Fourth Turning. Every well, 80 years, this cycle repeats. I would argue that they did know about the fourth turning back then but it was occult knowledge well exactly it was occulted knowledge and bam we're starting to roll into you guys territory they knew that every 80 years they knew this all the way back since the time of the of alexander the great really they knew that every 80 years even solomon talked about it you know even in ecclesiastes we know that every 80 years this cycle will continue so you had the american i mean just in recent time american revolution then you have the civil war 80 years later roughly 80 years after that you got world war ii calamity after calamity well where are we right now 80 years after world war ii we're expecting that cycle but keep in mind those same depraved kids of the roaring 20s ended up being the greatest generation so the ones that we see right now the ones that, you know, these little marchies walking around here with, with their head in the sand that aren't aren't paying attention to anything could very we could very well be the next greatest generation if we play these cards right. And it kind of forces you into that, right? Like uh, a lot of times, like you don't know who you are until you're in that situation. Like sometimes when you see like someone jumping out of a burning building and someone catches the kid, you know. They didn't know that they were going to be a hero that day. They weren't planning on it. It's just like it's instincts once you're forced into those situations. And I think that the one thing that we have the advantage of is this being able to communicate. We're, we're able to communicate and teach a lot of people and reach a lot of people and warn them a lot easier than, you know, 80 to 100 years ago. We don't have to fly a pigeon. You know what I mean? I could send you a text. I can put it on a podcast. We could put it on a YouTube video. We can get the information out. And, and I think a lot of people always want, you know, and it's interesting. I jumped down all kinds of rabbit holes and I think that's good. But at the same time, sometimes that gets frustrating in this world is that people aren't looking for solutions. They're just like, oh, oh, man, you know, the oh, the world's fucked up, man. There's nothing we could do. And I'm like, there is stuff you can do, but you're not even trying to look for it. You're not even trying to get into the mindset of trying to find answers. All you want to do is say, oh, there's nothing we could do. There's tons we could do. And learning from somebody else or creating your own and finding what you're good at. Like I tell people all the time, and I've been saying this for years, I go, I'm not worried about anything because I'm good with people. I was like, even if I have no skills, I could talk to anybody <laughs> and I'm going to make sure that they like me. Not, at least 95% of the people there's always that little 5% you know that just don't like me because everybody else likes me you know they're all mad because like why do they like you I'm like I don't know maybe you're just a dick <laughs> like, you know what I mean like hey, hey ain't got nothing to do with me man but like me knowing people and being a people person and being able to like when I say a people person that not a lot understand is like I don't gotta be right I don't got I, I say this at every job I've been to too I go bro I don't gotta be Michael Jordan everybody wants to be Michael Jordan like oh I'm Jordan I got the score man I'll be Luke Longley Steve Kerr whoever you want me to be I'm a team guy and I think that the more we get people as teams and see at that light instead of like I'm the superstar I'm the one I'm the solo guy you know there is guys that are better at certain things but at the same time it's a team we're winning are we winning a championship or not <laughs> we're winning a championship I don't care if I'm I'm riding the bench. I still got the ring. You know what I mean? I was still in practice helping, you know, come up with plays or come up with solutions or guarding somebody to get them stronger. That's what we have to have that mentality. But so many people have this individual like and I, we are individuals. But at the same time, we're also, uh, you know, connected and we got to just help each other. We don't got to just be like, oh, I, I, I could get my own farm. Well, if you use your farm and maybe, hey, you know what? I could grow this. I know my buddy down here. You can grow this and then we could swap. You know what I'm saying? So next 
next season you grow tomatoes and I grow corn. And, and then next season I'll grow tomatoes. You, you know what I mean? Like I'm using that as an example, but just keep switching it up and helping each other. And you grow and you build a network. Now you can't trust everybody. And I don't think you should build a huge network, but you know, get a trustworthy circle that you could trust on. And I think that's what we're trying to do. Like, I feel like you guys are a part of our circle. I always tell Joel, you know, I was like, we got, we got Tennessee now. We got Georgia. Got a little bit of people in Cali. I got some people in Mexico. We got Michigan where I'm at. I was like, you know what I'm saying? We're strategically taking over little by Mexico, little. Man, we really messed up. <laughs> 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 that's, the, that's the emergency. Hey, that's the, the emergency, emergency plan. plan. You know what I'm saying? That's if everything else don't work out and we're like, hey, let's <laughs> rendezvous hey, in Mexico, baby. Let's <laughs> Billy, a little bit about what you just said earlier, though, and, and, I, and I love where Sean's going with it, but there's a flip side to it, too, where we need to be aware of what's going on in the world. We need to be aware of this occult magic with sure. the CK that's going on right now. Cause as much as we are, as much as information is accessible because of the internet and social media and all that, it's also highly controlled too. So you've got these guys, you know, with Klaus Schwab, you've got all these guys that are dumping all kinds of misinformation, even though they say what we we believe in is misinformation. It's it's funny to me. But they they dump all this misinformation out there constantly to have us running in circles. And that's why I brought up the whole devil's thing. You know, like if 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 you have a basis in a belief in a God that's higher than that, and I'm not saying that, you know, everybody's got their own belief systems, but if you do, then you tend to be a little bit more on the positive side of what you can create and what you can build with people, as opposed to thinking it's doom and gloom, popping that black pill and that doomer pill and life's over. Because these guys see what all these occult magicians out here are doing and they're they're successful. There's going to be a level of success they're going to get. I mean, it, it, it's it's inevitable. It's written in the book. And you know what book I'm talking about? It is. It's inevitable. But is there a level of us building and pushing back and being able to teach the people that come after us, give them the strategic tools to be able to fight it off as well because that's important because we need to, we need to build communities we don't need to keep feeding into what they're giving us because a lot of it's fear-mongering a lot of it's fear-mongering and they want us to break ourselves apart by throwing so much fear at us and i think if we can combat it with positivity and with a belief system that we know that we're going to win in the end I think you just kind of walk different throughout the day. I know I do. Let me let me respond to that by actually let me hit on what Sean said. I'll answer your question, and I think is what in the best way I know how because I am a permaculture designer. Okay, so I'm going to look at it in terms of if we plant a tree in isolation. Sometimes, very rare circumstances, a tree by itself. Some there's a saying that says sometimes the strongest tree stands alone. But most times, more often than not, as permaculture designers, we observe nature, okay? So I know that there are seven layers of a forest. And this is going right back to what Sean said, really covering what both... I'm answering your question by really using this parallel. We have an overstory and understory, a shrub, herbaceous layer, ground cover, vines, and roots. And some would even argue that there's number eight. We'll call it mycelial, which is a mushroom layer. Okay, it's like the internet of the forest. It's also the mouth of the forest. Well, we know, I can, you can put me or William or any other 
proper permaculture designer in a circumstance in a forest, and I can look around immediately and I can tell you whether or not it's healthy based on whether or not those seven or eight things are present. Also can tell you how old it is. But the point being in this case is that nothing grows well in complete isolation. So I can take that tree. Let's say, okay, for example, we just did a, uh, there's a different, we put in a forest, a food forest or an orchard. No matter what, when we put it in, we're not going to put it in like a typical orchard where it's, okay, Evercrisp apple, Evercrisp apple, 500 of them all in the same place. We find out that when you do that sort of thing, it's going to require a lot of outside inputs. It's going to require sprays. It's going to need all these things to keep the bugs away. And then it's poisoning your fruit. Even though there's fruit on the tree, it's poison. And the soil. Everything's poison. But think about this. If we mimic nature, we go in the exact way that nature, that we can go out and observe for ourselves, I'll know that, huh, I'll go ahead and put in this apple tree. And for the shrub layer, I'm going to go ahead and put in blueberries in close proximity to it. I'm also going to take and put rosemary as my herbaceous layer. I'm going to put a ground cover of, let's say, strawberries. And they're not going to be in isolation. They're all going to be working together, just like the basketball analogy you just said there. So let's say, like the fingers of your hand, like your thumb, let's say, is a tree. The rosemary has its role. It's keeping the bugs away. And then we realize also that if we put a tree that's next to it, that isn't exactly the same cultivar or cultivated variety, that let's say it's a nitrogen-fixing tree that everybody in the world seems to think is useless. Well, guess what? That nitrogen-fixing tree is not only taking nitrogen from the atmosphere, putting it down into the soil for the beneficial tree next to it, it's also harboring all of the beneficial bugs you need to protect that tree. So it shows you, nature shows you, that nothing works well in isolation. And when it does, it needs a bunch of poison to keep it healthy. If you put a healthy surrounding around it, which we call in the permaculture world a guild, if we take that and we surround this same isolated tree, look at that tree as yourself. Look at that rosemary as, let's say, your homeboy down the road. Look at that nitrogen-fixing tree next to it as your grandma. Maybe, you know, she can't get out there and work the farm or do anything else, but she can cook a meal. Okay, so the other support species, let's say it's a daffodil. Well, in the permaculture setting, it's getting rid of the... Um, the voles, and let's say the deer that want to attack your tree, everything, the tree doesn't just protect everything, and everything doesn't just protect the tree. Each one of those species, if we look in nature, protects one another. So why don't we take that same example that we see in nature and apply it to our lives? I mean, think about this, y'all. If I got a, for example, if with our human contact, think about what we tolerate. It's coming on the holiday season here before long. Now, let me ask you this. As a farmer, if I have a bull that is violent, I'm going to go Old Testament on it, okay? He ain't going to be around long. If I got a sheep, if I got a sheep that's jumping the fence, can't leave him in there because he's going to show the other ones how to jump the fence, so he's got to go in the freezer. If I have a rooster <laughs> that's misbehaving, that rooster's going in the cook pot. Yep. So if I don't tolerate bad behavior in the animals I raise, why on earth should I ever expect it in what should be a high-functioning human being? So if I take, going back to that guild select, that's a guild example, if I take that tree that is surrounded by all these wonderful things, guess what? I don't need sprays. I don't need any outside inputs. I don't need your garbage. I don't need your infiltration from the outside. So that's exactly if you 
if all of us here congregated right here and now, and with the audience that isn't necessarily in this room right now, but they're listening, they're hearing this, guess what? We just made ourselves a tribe just like that. Even, if, even though to a certain extent it's virtual, but this is, this is the best way I know how to answer your question. I got to say that was a balling answer. <laughs> also, if you're looking, if you're looking for that community, or if you're looking for like an uh, a farmer to purchase food from, or whatever kind of goods from, uh, go to freesteading.com. That'll show you like state by state where you can go and find your your community, and it'll also show you these festivals where you can go and meet people. All this stuff. It's a very handy website to be right. But to going have back to what to. Joel was saying too, I mean, not only okay, so we we congregate ourselves in the places where we can find other beneficial species. Okay, now what are the ones that are toxic to us? The mainstream media, they're toxic. Permit. Now, I got to go in there a little bit. I got to slip into the matrix to know what lies they're telling from time to time, <laughs> and so do y'all to know how to combat them and know how to you know provide the defense. For the other people. And it's like this, okay? Give you another example. When you've got a forest out there, let's say it's a forest and it's a healthy forest. Let's say there's a virus coming in. It's going to attack the edge of that forest, right? Mm-hmm. Now, check this out. I told you there was number eight, and I called it the mycelial layer or the mushroom layer. It does a whole lot of things, y'all, but one of them is oh, that I've been doing mushroom- a lot of reading and stuff on uh, mushrooms, and uh, I've got a guy. Uh, he's from Crippers of the Corn. And he has a whole theory about uh, mushroom UFOs and how they talk to each other. It's wild. But you're on it, though. My mind's already there. I know how they communicate. They talk to each other. Exactly. And it's instantaneous. Well, check this out. This is is exactly the same overlay that we see in nature that we can apply to ourselves and our communities. Okay, so let's say a virus is coming in. It hits that first tree on the edge of the forest. It knows it's going to die. But here's what that tree does. And it tells the other trees, let's say it's a white oak, and it it uses the mushroom layer or the mycelial layer as a communication network to tell the other trees deeper in the forest, hey, yo, I ain't going to make it. But here's the antibodies you're going to need to keep this thing from killing you. You dig? So it's exactly so the tree, so the, so the, it, in a healthy forest, it never goes, it only goes so far. So it's the same thing within our communities. Now, it may be that person on the periphery that may bite it, but you know, at least maybe they passed on the lifeline to the rest of us to say, you know, I'm not going to make it, but here's the information you need to defeat these predators, these, these Luciferians, this cabal, the powers that shouldn't be, whatever you choose to call them, they are wicked in every way imaginable. And the last thing on earth they want to see is us congregated right now talking about real solutions and how to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, because for instance, right now, you know how they're trying to put the the COVID jab, the COVID vaccine on the schedule for children to go to school. What people don't realize is the reason for that is not. And this is a suggestion, but the point of it being like, we know you'll see like California and New York go along with it. But the point of it and uh, uh, you got people could look it up, uh, you know, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. He's real. You know, he's big on all that. He was talking about the reason they want that is because once it's uh, put on that schedule, they are shielded uh, from 
from some, from, I think there was some act in 1986 that they're shielded from you can't sue them anymore. Once it becomes on the schedule for children, you can't sue them anymore. So everything's up in there because they had the shield with the emergency authorization. But once that goes away and it becomes authorized fully, we can sue them, right? And 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 then now they have the shield. And those are the tools that like what Joel's saying. Like, I don't think that people shouldn't. I tell people all the time, if you can't handle some of the stuff like the mainstream media, stay away from it. You know what I mean? And let some of us other, like, like you were saying, like, you know, uh, maybe we're good at deciphering it and we can hear the junk and we can give it to you better so you could, you know, regurgitate it without it being like, you know, feeling like you're going to die tomorrow. If you if you look at the news and it makes you upset, I say turn off the TV. That's what I tell you all the time. If this show makes you upset, as far as like you can't live your life, you, you got to do what's best for you. But I do think it is important to know the information that is out there, but decipher it in a way that they can really understand it. Because people think like, oh man, they're putting the jab. But now you have now we have a point. Like, hey, they're doing this for a point. They're not doing this because like, oh, it's for the kids. We want to help the kids. No, it's to to save their ass. They're like, we know that we just rushed a product out there and we didn't really care. You know, like at surface level, I tell people, surface level, they they rushed a the product. They saw an opportunity. Hey, man, we can come up with an opportunity to get a vaccine, get a bunch of money. Who cares about testing? Now, that's going to harm a lot of people. So they need protection, right? We've already seen tons of people. There's that football player recently from Mississippi State that died. Um, Kevin Nash's yeah, son just recently died. I mean, they haven't said so many young people like... Like younger than me, I'm 39. And then people that are 26, 19, 18, uh, 24, where you're just like, whoa, like, and, and they're even making this like heart, uh, heart attacks are normal. You know? Like, Hey, you know, yeah, seven year olds have heart attacks all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, a 21 year old has a, a perfectly healthy 21 year old has uh, uh, heart attacks. It's, it happens, you know? And, and it's this kind of mentality where they get people like, uh, here's another thing from like the New York post. They're like, when they try to like kind of scare us with the climate change, they try to grab on things to like the Edward Bernays way of propaganda where they put it into a notion where they know people are going to jump on it. This is the headline. Air pollution is making women fat. <laughs> a new study shows. You see what I'm saying? They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're saying that the, the bad air and then that's going to make someone go, oh man, we are just something about this climate change. And then, you know, some people are going to use that be like, you know, I'm only fat because it's damn climate change, man. The climate change wasn't here. And they use these excuses which has been built because you don't know how to do anything yourself. And and some of it's not necessarily their total fault. But I believe that once we become adults, it's on us, right? You know, we can complain about our childhood. I mean, I'm not going to complain about mine. I believe I had great parents. I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed. I, I, I mean, I did the stupid shit. I was just the bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> For no reason, you know what I mean? But that's how I had to learn. But I feel like once we become adults, like a lot of people want to, and I'm not saying you can't like go through problems. I get that. Then you got to figure out how you're going to fix that it, whether it's a counselor talk to your friends or whatever you may have to do but you can't hold on to it for 20 30 40 50 years of like oh man i had bad parents or oh the school system screwed me over you you might be right life is unfair but you can't use that because it's just going to hurt you and that's what people need to realize the victim mentality doesn't hurt them it, it helps them it hurts you you're the one that's getting hurt you're not learning something new you're not fixing your life for what? So that they can control you and put you into the lane they want you to be back in the rat race. Like, I'm trying to be like you, Billy. I'm trying to get all out of this matrix. Like, we're getting close. Like, we're building every day, and we're going to do it. That's why I tell myself every day. Every day that I'm tired, that, like, I'm like, man, editing all night, got to wake up and go to work. I'm like, not forever. You know what I mean? This is, like, I tell everybody, this is my exit strategy. My exit strategy is on its way. Don't worry. I'm out this matrix. I'm blowing this whole shit up. 
But you have to have that mentality. And I think that we get trapped in this world of where like, oh, I can't do anything. And hearing people like you, William and Billy, like where you're like, we did it. I think people need to hear that. They go, hey, man, we did it. We were in your position and we did it. And I think that's what people need. It inspires people. These roosters are acting up. We just need to start showing them the pot. <laughs> Show them the pot, baby. To the pot. Show them the compost pile. Yeah. You don't want to go eat. <laughs> there you go. I, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, you 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 hit on a lot of wonderful things there, but you know, also keep in mind for a lot of people, one of the most empowering empowering things I ever heard was from one of my heroes. Joel Salatin, which, you know, by the way, I had a, I had a, the great fortune of spending this last weekend with him, arguably probably the most consequential farmer in history. And, um, he said something that was paradigm changing for me and it might help for anybody else out there. Maybe even you, Sean, anybody who's trying to do anything for the first time, right? Any, anybody. And for me, I, I was already brought up with this nonsense that you had to be the absolute best at whatever, blah, blah, blah impossible dreams imposed upon me by people who never even tried themselves. Okay. But what was most paradigm changing? I remember sitting in a seminar one time and he says, and I swear I was the only one in that entire massive audience that heard what he said. And it went like this. If it's worth doing, then it's worth doing poorly at first. Meaning you ain't got to have it all. You ain't got to have it. And that, to me, I remember when he said it, it was like a light came down from on high and it gave me license to fail and to fail while daring greatly, as Teddy Roosevelt put it. I'm not a big fan of Teddy Roosevelt, but he did say some pretty cool things. Fail while daring greatly. I may fall flat on my face, but my place ain't never going to be among those cold and timid souls that know neither victory nor defeat. I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm going to I'm going to be firmly on one side of that equation but it ain't going to be because I didn't try and it's not going to be without a great deal of failure because it's in the in the failure we fail a lot and we've done videos on YouTube about uh I think two different videos in all the ways we fail because we're say, we're seeing so many people that feel like they got to have it all right before they come out there I got news for you first time you run chickens first time I ran chickens killed about half of them I mean I'm not laughing about well, yeah, that putting in yeah. the dog killed half of them. yeah so it's, I mean, it's i mean the first animal i killed i screwed that up yeah, yeah it's going to happen you are going to have losses but you're going to get better you're going to get better you're going to get better just a little bit better one little thing you tweaked okay maybe i ought to put the dog up before i let these chickens out yeah. you, know, you know things like that but this is what the powers that shouldn't be never want us to know they want to keep us in this narrow box they call the american dream well, what you call the American dream to me is a nightmare. And in 2008, I really woke up to the real realities of that. And the only thing in this society that we have right now, being at the edge of this fourth turning, is that we've we've known, in fact, the powers that shouldn't be have known since the time of Alexander the Great, that you only need three things to subjugate a population. Food, entertainment, and a reasonable expectation of security. You drop one of those and then things start getting shaky. But for sure, when the food drops, you got you got problems, nephew. That's how you get a French Revolution, you know? That's when the heads start falling in the street. And guess what? We are perilously close to that time in America. And that's why we've been, 
you know, we've kind of made a little shift in our YouTube channel where we went from exclusively permaculture, where the preparedness is kind of baked in to just out and out preparedness. We just did a video the other day saying, hey, look, if you just emerged from the matrix and you're thinking, oh, man, I ain't got no food. I ain't got no nothing. We showed you how one person on a hundred dollars can feed yourself. No, you're not going to live like the Rockefellers. But you're going to have 3,000 calories a day. Right. You'll eat and you're going to you're going to live for 85 days, for 85 days on a hundred dollars. And we show you how to do it. And you can always add other things to it. Now, if you were the Rockefellers, you'd be drinking adrenochrome or something, right? Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, yeah. So that's what they live on. But honestly, for all those people that are just getting out of the matrix, if it's worth doing, then it's worth doing poorly at first. And I think that's so profound when you realize you it gives you license to mess up, but you don't have to. Just follow the directions. That's one of the biggest things we've seen people fall fall on their faces with. Instead of just giving the directions, I showed you how to do this thing, people want to be famous and go out here, well, I'm going to tweak it this way. I'm going to do it my own way. Well, you don't know about all the years of R&D I put into this. Yeah. Yeah, so follow you, the recipe first, please. Yeah, follow the recipe. Don't. It's like those people. If like I like to cook, man, I go to Food Network and I look at a recipe, and check out the reviews on all the recipes that have negative reviews. You're going to see the same thing. I guarantee it. Anybody try it? Go there and look at a negative, and they're going to say, "Well, this recipe sucks. I didn't have any milk, so I used water. I didn't have this, so I used that. I didn't have." I didn't have farmers in so I used Velveeta. This recipe sucks. Yeah. And they're going to sit here and dog the recipe when you didn't even do the recipe. And it's the same thing in farming. So just do the recipe, be good at it, and then move on. But just start with anything, y'all. We are on a knife's edge. I mean, this whole economy is probably going to collapse. I'm not I'm not in the business of selling fear. I'm in the, I'm in the business of selling empowerment. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like I said, we're not bucks. even selling it. Yeah, it's we, free. <laughs> we're just showing you how to do it. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Give these people a big crap sandwich. So, you know, the best way we can do that is not succumb to their vaccine or not. It ain't no vaccine, man. This thing is a death shot. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. And it was intended to be a death shot way back. They knew before COVID even rolled out that this was going to be a death people shot. People I know they it, had it for a long time, long time. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like we weren't dying fast enough. We're harder to kill than they suspected. So they're like, hey, y'all, we need to ramp this up. Hey, Vlad, you think you can drop a couple of nukes over there in Ukraine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, now they're trying to get that World War III like cracking off. And that's kind of what's ironic. Like you were talking about like the 80 to 100 years. And that's what's kind of going to. But even say that the economy is not going to collapse. Or This is how you become a free human. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not a free human. Like, I don't care if the economy doesn't collapse. You're still dependent. I don't want to be dependent on the government. Now, granted, like, the only thing I wish, but, I mean, it is what it is. That's how life is. Yeah, I wish I was, like, even more pushing like this, like, 30 years ago. You know what I mean? 20 years ago. But I'm also wasn't that in the my, mind state. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now I'm like, okay, now I could digest stuff and figure things out. And, and, and I'm in a better mind frame of how to do that. And now I can help people. Like, uh, what you're saying, it, it's good that you know failing is perfect like that's why i leave all my old episodes there's tons of like the reverse episodes you know editing's bad like especially like when i changed my one editing and i had like all this reverb it's like woo -woo, like music it's like all over the place you know but i'm like just leave it because then people could 
see like, yeah, see, I didn't just start. And, you know, I'm at a, a point now where people are like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I like the sound of that. It didn't start like that. You know what I mean? And I also lost like probably like 20, 30 episodes like, <laughs> that just are gone because, you know, messing up and losing computers, things crashing. But it all was lessons. Like I see it as, OK, this is college right now. I'm going through my own college. I'm going through my own schooling that's teaching me. And now I know how to do this and I could teach somebody else. And I tell people all the time the same thing, like, dude, just do it. That's what I had to do. Cause for a long time when I was just doing music, I was always waiting for my other homie. All right, man, when he gets ready, all right, we're going to jump on this and we're doing it. And I had kept waiting. And this time I was finally like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And then look, I got to meet up with Joel before that. I was just like filling people in, trying to find a co-host like, man, just keep, I just kept telling myself, do it. Just keep doing it. It's going to get there. Just don't stop. And it was rough. Like it's been rough. Now it's a lot smoother because with Joel, it makes it a lot easier having somebody else to help out with the social media, to help out with like scheduling stuff. You know what I mean? Like help out with everything that we do. The little things that people don't know that, you know, you guys know, like just doing a video, it's not that easy, you know, like it gets easy over time, but it, it helps so much just having another hands right there or another eyes. Sometimes I just write something. He's like, Hey man, you spelled that wrong. And you don't notice it. You know what I mean? You'll be like, you'll be like, Oh man, dang. Cause you're looking at it so much that it, in your head, you're like, it looks fine to me. And then like you, you need that extra eyes. And I'm glad I waited. Cause now I'm in a good spot where I got a great co-host that me and him could do so much together. And we're, and we're building even more in his motivation. And the more people we're growing with, I think it's the place I want to be. And I'm glad I held on. So I think that is a great Billy, sentiment that like you said. That. Yeah. Just like, no, it's just kind of going what you just said. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, I came to a place where I always had a lot of drive and I always had a lot of, you know, motivation. A lot of it was in the in the wrong place, especially when I was, you know, traversing down a different path with the Freemasons and really trying to, you know, go into a different area of life, right? So when I got out of that and then I started, you know, moving towards where I am now, uh, 2020 came and I really, I, I had some fear going into what I was about to do with Van Tesla and I didn't know what was going to happen with it. Um, you know, it, but to back to what you said is did it, I just jumped out and I'm like, it's, it's, it's going to work. Like in my head, I, I know it's going to work. I know, but I'm going to fall on my face to get there. And I still do. But in that, in, in that, uh, trajectory over the past two years, I've networked with some of the best people. I've been put in some of the best situations to be successful. Um, the foundations there, um, we're starting to see growth now. We're finally getting to that, that, that point. And, and, and I put a lot of that with God too, because me walking down a certain path, um, I feel like he, he helped connect me with the right people. He helped open up, uh, some of these, uh, obstacles that were in the way or, or what I felt were in the way before, but were really just me getting in my own way. <laughs> just, just going down a bad path. But I, I, you're right though. It is just doing it. Just you, you're going to fail. I tell my son that all the time because he freaks out about little things that he wants to achieve in life and where he wants to be at in five years. And I'm like, look, man, you're going to fail a lot to get to that successful point. It's just part of it. It, it, it. And it teaches you, though, of like you learn from it. OK, you know what? I'm not going to do this again. I'm going to try it this way. It shows you the consequence of your conduct. That's what when you go out on a, on a limb like that, that's exactly what you learn. If I put it, if I can encapsulate it, it shows you 
the consequence of your conduct. Meaning, in this particular case, like where I do things and I've done things um, that were akin to me. I mean, every time I jumped out of an airplane in the Army, every single time I was scared to death. Then when I hit the ground, it was the most exhilarating feeling in the world, knowing that, okay, I lived through this one. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, for everybody else, it wasn't that same way. But for me, it was terrifying. It was, it was, it was a horror that I, honestly, I'll never do again. But I know <laughs> that I did it. And every single time, it was, it was, it was a horror. But, and it, did it get any easier? No. The last jump was just as scary as the first one I did. <laughs> and the point being, is that if we sit here and we vegetate in this one little spot that they've planned for us, if we don't become the autodidacts or self-taught people, which is exactly what you guys are describing, you know, there's no template necessarily for a lot of this stuff. It's persistence. It's dogged determination. It's like, I'm going to go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and take the tartar sauce with me. I don't, I don't remember who said that, but that's exactly what it comes. I'm going to go here and I'm going to burn the ships behind me. I may fail miserably, but once again, I made my niece, I made my niece memorize that. How do we fail? I'll say to her, I, in fact, she's uh, in her 20s and, I, and she lives with us and she works for us here at the farm. And I'll say to her, how do we fail? And I had to say it over and over and over again because she had all this unbelievable, unbelievable talent but was stricken by fear of failure, like so many of us are. And I say to her, and it's now, it's like a call and response. I'm like, how do we fail? And she says, while daring greatly. How do we fail? While daring greatly. How do we fail? While daring greatly. We go for the sun and moon, and we may fall way short but look at, like you were just saying, look at the doors that open for you, and I'll use it on a personal example. I Last thing on earth I ever wanted to do was do a YouTube channel. William talked me into it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Took two years to talk him into it. I, <laughs> I did not want to do it, but like you were saying, Sean, and I know because I went back and I listened to your earlier stuff, and I'm like, man, these guys, you've grown enormously in your delivery, in your in everything you do in this, and it could not have happened. Without those first episodes, it could not have happened. <laughs> and you guys working together. Definitely. You guys are working together. I see y'all get better with every episode. I'm like, I'm listening to y'all while I was out there um, doing some kind of harvest. I don't recall what. And uh, I kept having to back it up because in some of the, with a lot of podcasts, I'll double the speed because I'm, I'm just more about getting the information so I can move on to the next one. But man, I ain't going to lie to you. Couple of y'all's man, I had that bad boy on one point two five, man. It wasn't nothing. I was like, man, what did he just say? But honestly, it's you guys, it's your delivery and the way you're doing it, and to see your growth. Because I went back and listened to some of the earliest stuff y'all did together, and I see the growth. But it could not have happened without that dog of determination. You look at my mm -hmm. earliest videos, man. I'm looking at me, and I, I make myself watch this stuff, and I hate it. Man, it's painful. I when it. I look at the editing back then, man. I hate oh, it. I was like I a pig you, on man. roller skates for the first 100 um, things we did on YouTube. And now it's gotten to the point where it's so turnkey. And a lot of people, you know, when I talk to other people in the in the uh, Homestead YouTube space, they spend eight hours in editing. I think he spends 20 minutes. It and, takes longer to render and upload and all that stuff than it does to edit most of the time. Right, but we find a, we find something that works for us and because we're doing not only 
YouTube, and we put out one pretty much every other day. We do uh, Patreon. We put out videos for that. We also got a podcast, which we do twice a week. Probably going to kick that up a little bit more. We have to be efficient with these, with the like the technological side, because we still have, unlike most content creators, we still have a farm to run. Right. Like, we still have to go right. back and yeah, run yeah, a farm. Yeah, We're sure. real farmers. <laughs> yes. I mean, man, there's a lot of these guys that are fake. But that is the best way, I think, too. Like, even when you're talking about music or podcasts, you're supposed to try to make it the best, the easiest, so you do the less in post. Post, you know what I mean? Yeah, because when you're doing in post, like people think like, oh, I'll fix it in post production. I'm like, yeah, some things you can fix, but when you just gotta go and plus you, you don't you lose the genuineness of it. Like I think like once you find your method, and because that's why I like your guys' stuff, it's genuine. You know what I'm saying? You're not like, hey. Hi guys, welcome. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like who you guys are. Like I feel like you're doing this no matter what. There's a camera. There's not a camera. You're already still doing this. It's not like you're like, oh hey, all right man, let's put on the shovel and stuff, man. I'm tired, man. You can't believe you made me do all. That. You know what I mean? You actually do it. It's just that now you're putting a camera to it and you're making it more angle and you're making it genuine. I think genuineness is the thing we lose in everything, especially when it comes to entertainment or or learning or anything. All this, all these influencers, all these rappers, all these singers most of these actors almost all these people all they really do is just be somebody else they're not who they really are they're not genuine to who they are and we could tell that right that's why like when people are like oh i thought ellen degeneres was the nicest person really like i could tell she was a stupid <laughs> bitch right away but that's just me but like, <laughs> that's just me but like but then they go i can't believe she's so rude i'm like yeah you could tell she's being fake like me, me, you see, you what you get here, what you get here with William, with Billy, with Joel, you get that in real life. You know what I mean? And I think that it, it feeds over. Like people can really sense that. One of the best things you guys did, though, that I, I wanted to say before is that I'm still trying to probably still I'm gonna steal your guys' idea, but I'll let you know. And I, you know, we'll have work something out. But that putting <laughs> trolls on shirts, man, that, <laughs> the bad oh, comments, man. man, that's like one of my favorite things, man. I can't. I'm like, man, Joel, we need to do that with because we get a lot of bad comments too. You know, and I'm like, it put them on a shirt. Bad comments. <laughs> it was just like the there were there were five people in particular that just kept going to these other channels and telling well, you, them you that gotta this. Tell them the backstory on it, right? So, Dad, all right, go ahead and tell your part. Dad. Well, the backstory is basically I got. We I didn't was, plan any of this. No, this wasn't <laughs> planned, man. I was sitting here seeing all these former homesteaders, and once they realized that if I sell fear, 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 like you'll see it in the caption, get these five things or you ain't going to make it. Yep. And they went from being homesteaders and YouTube algorithms will put you in a little box and you don't really grow all that much. But man, if you sell fear, they will put you right at the top of the charts. So I was pissed. And I said, man, put that camera out on the porch. I'm, a, I'm talking. And he says, man, you sure you want to do this? I'm like, man, let's do it. We get out there and I just, man, I, I came down like a, like a tactical nuke. I didn't name any names. I didn't do anything. I didn't name any names, but I basically put an ultimatum out there. I'm like, look, if you people don't quit with this nonsense, because I was getting these old ladies writing to me saying, look, man, I don't know what's happening, man. I, I, are we going to make it? Are we? And I said, basically, look, man, if you guys don't straighten up and fly right, if you don't do this, I'm going to put every last one of y'all on blast. And what did I say? I'm going to basically have a telethon, I'm I don't gonna, remember. I don't know what I said, dude. I was like, basically, I'm going to put all of y'all on blast. Well, here's the funny part that happened. That, uh, I mean, a whole, you would not believe this broke the entire homesteading, homesteading network. community because yeah. all the people 
that I didn't even know about that were doing this. They're out there putting out videos like, oh, these guys are a bunch of blah, blah, blah. We didn't even know they existed. And I'm like, and what does the Bible say? The guilty flee when no one pursues, you know? So these guys were telling on themselves. They were fronting themselves, and I didn't name any names. And all these people started dogging themselves, and so then this next and thing then happened. here's where the trolls come into play. So those other people found out because these five trolls were sending the video to all these other homestead channels, and, uh, like prepper channels and like channels we never heard of, and saying, hey, these people are talking about you. Like they're talking about you. I don't think anybody got it right. Well, and then no, there were like a couple people that got it right. So it was coming down. I said, look, y'all got a week. Y'all better straighten up or I'm going to do it. The next video I do, I'm naming names, nephew. So everybody, all these people were on pins and needles, man. And, and then you were, they were fronting themselves because they were doing videos like denouncing us. I didn't even know who any of these people were, but everybody just, just snitched on themselves. Yes. They all, they all burned themselves out. And half these people I didn't, but I knew about them afterwards. And then, so we were going to do a parody video making funny, making fun of, because honestly, if they take me off, I don't care. I don't care. So unlike these other people, I don't have to sell this gloom and doom. And if you take me off there, I'll just go to another platform. It doesn't matter. So I was like, okay, we're going to come down like a ton of bricks. And then lo and behold, we had a great idea. <laughs> instead, instead of calling out all of these people doing the fear mongering, we're going to call out the trolls that started all the mess. It told yeah, everybody. They so we found out who it. the trolls were, put them on shirts, and raised I don't know how much money for veterans child rescue. So, <laughs> so we did a telethon at the at the. We came out. We went live. That was probably our biggest live. We went man. live and said we're naming names. So everybody's calling up like, "Hey, they're about to drop it, man! They're about to drop it!" Everybody's listening, yeah. and then we turned it on the trolls, man. We we changed the script on everybody, put it on the trolls, and raised a lot of money for yeah. veterans for child rescue. And those trolls that. lost their mind. They, they lost it. Like they they did more to push. Like okay, so the more comments and likes and all that stuff you receive on a video, the more YouTube pushes it. They went back through and mm -hmm. they're having like full blown conversations on all of the comments on like all of the recent videos. So all they're doing is blowing up our channel for us. So it we kept them around for a while. And this is the only people we've ever blocked, I think. Um, yeah, we because don't block then the, comments. Yeah, we don't we don't censor comments at all unless it's like obvious, like porn links and stuff like that. But um these guys, yeah, they, they started going after like old ladies like, hey, if you don't buy the shirt, then you don't really care about kids and all that stuff. So we ended up blocking. So we them. sold a bunch of shirts, man. Yeah. We're showing up at these conferences and stuff, man. They got troll shirts They're on. They're wearing them. They yeah. got their shirts on. I mean, these people are wearing it loud and proud. And it turned out to be the best thing in the world. So we, we took what was really, I mean, I went out there and I went out on a limb and I was just sick and tired of these people. I still don't like them. Dad was just pissed one day. I was just pissed. <laughs> that was, was it. Like, man, I had it with these people. Man. And uh, turns out. That's the way to do it, though. That's the way to do it. Like, that's why like, kind of what we're doing, you know, like, uh, uh, Joel gets me cause I'm like, uh, I got that battle rapper in me. So sometimes I, I mean, I get, I get like a lot of report cause I'll talk a lot of shit, you know, I'm like, Oh, you want to talk shit? And like, I, I, my worst thing is when they go, Oh, meet me at my house. Like, so are you going to play for my plane ticket? Like, I'm not going to go with a plane ticket. Like people are retarded. Like sometimes they're like, yeah, I'm in California and you're in Michigan. Why don't you fly out here? And you're like, hey, come on, man. you know, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> that's why i love it and this guy got me onto the motion of like man let's just clown on them let's like kind of do like what the old snl used to do to people you know what i mean like so we're coming up with characters man like 
I'm going to roll out a character in the next few weeks because I've been getting a little arguments with the Flat Earth people. And yes, I know Flat Earth people get mad at me. Like, I don't really have a problem with them. It's just that I don't like people trying to force me that I have to think what they think and that they figured it all out. I'm like, man, I'll listen to you. Like, I get it. There's like, there's stuff that 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 we don't know. And I'm agree that NASA's bullshit. I'm with you on that 100%. I just don't know that it's flat. Like, from what I see, I see a curvature. That's just what I see. And they're like, oh, you're seeing it wrong. So my eyes are, like, it, that's where I kind of start having a problem i'm like man i've been on planes i've been on ships i've been you know what i mean i, I i've taught i have friends that uh their uncles and and dads were pilots and they've seen that now i'm not saying that it is i'm not and you're 100 saying that it's 100 flat like i'm saying i'll give you 50 percent. to me that's <laughs> fair i'm giving you 50 like i'm not saying that you're totally wrong i'm just saying like i'll give you 50 that you might be right because shit i ain't i'll probably not go into space anytime soon <laughs> so uh, or or the edge of the earth either or and then like so we're just kind of combating these people the same way man just like clowning on them hey and then you raised for good a good cause <laughs> you know what i mean so it was even better double whammy you know crazy, <laughs> man it's funny you bring up the flat earth i'm glad we're going into the yeah. SAT. Now, check this out, y'all. At the height of COVID, where nobody was going anywhere. And and before I get into this, I want to say, honestly, the most effective method in any of this stuff is humor. It really is. Because you can say the most, I can say the most unbelievable things if I can somehow make somebody laugh about it. You guys know this. And that's one thing that's very, very entertaining in your podcast is that, honestly, there's just these little blur. I mean, they'll come out of nowhere, but they're hilarious and they got me cracking up. And I'm like, oh, man, what did you just say? I got to back it up. And that's what I mean. I hope you guys don't lose that because it's that humor. And honestly, some of these subjects can be a little bit heavy. And when you guys can throw in some of this stuff that had me cracking up, um, like in that last interview you did with the one lady, there was things in there that were just humorous. And I hope you don't lose that because honestly, we can go out here. There's a lot of Nah, that's that's how I live life, man. That's just, that's it. how I raise raised with my family. When something fucked up happens in our family, like we like sometimes people think we're like, hey man, they're morbid. I'm like, that's just how we, you know, we just we we cook food and, and we make each other laugh. That's you what we you, do. Like, that's just how it goes. Our biggest thing right now, like he said, I mean, one thing I told him and I, and I really started learning was I can get around getting canceled and blocked on these formats if I'm trolling it or if I'm I'm doing it in a funny way because it's comedy. So if I do it under the guise of comedy, a lot of times like they the algorithm doesn't know. So if I'm putting on a blue wig and I've got a fake nose ring in my in my <laughs> nose yeah. and I've got a got a I don't know what my gender is shirt on and I'm playing a woke character, I'm making fun of 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 how ridiculous it is but at the same time the algorithm doesn't know they probably think i'm i'm legit man so sometimes the people the don't radar. know man sometimes people <laughs> people don't even realize man there's people that are getting mad at some of the characters we come out with like man i can't believe you promoting this on your page and i'm like man i don't know if you get jokes or sarcasm or all this stuff man like it flies right over the their head hey i got a new q and i got a new q and on character right i swear to god man people are jumping out there talking oh, yeah. 
talking about some. I can't believe that this is out there. You believe this and all. It's so crazy. And I'm like, man, it's like you like sarcasm is just like a lost art now. It like is. for some people, man, they're so. But it serious demonstrates a high degree of intelligence too. When you can take so anybody can be so. There's no shortage of cerebral podcasts out there. Okay, and when you guys can take a serious subject mm. and even toss in some humor. Man, it just blows my mind. Now, going back to this flat earth thing, y'all got to hear this one. Okay. Yeah, okay, check go. this right, out, man. At the height of COVID, the only, I mean, there were nothing going up and down the interstate. There okay? was nothing. And we live in a place in North Carolina where a lot of people go for vacation. And it was cold, and it was mm-hmm. that time of year, man. I can't. I think I heard it on the, the Freeman Fly perspective or whatever, but they had down in South Carolina in uh, Greenville a flat earth convention. Now, me, and as far as flat Earth goes, I'm I'm kind of right there with you, Sean. I mean, to a certain extent, I'll put it this way: they've lied about everything else. I'm not gonna dis I'm not gonna discount the notion that maybe the Earth could be flat to a certain extent. But what all I know I'm, is that their measurements are wrong. Exactly. Like the measurements that NASA gives are wrong. I can't yes. I can't dis, I can't say it one way or the other. Oh, God, I, yes, I can't say yes. it one way or the other. God, which flat earth Bob is on here right now, man? <laughs> Chop him up right in front of us. Dude, we go down to this flat earth conference, man. We hear about this thing. We go down there, and it's in South Carolina. Now, they're, everything is shut down. But, man, in South Carolina, over there in Greenville, to their credit, nobody was playing that game. Not the, I mean, everybody up here was losing their minds. I wasn't wearing a mask. I'm getting thrown out. And by the way, they come back with another mask mandate. I promise you, I'm going to have the most viral video in the history of the internet. But that I digress. <laughs> I promise you. How, and off the air, I'll show you how that one's going to go down. No, I just tell you. them. Don't show them. No, I'm going to put it on. It's going to get real. It's going to get real. But anyway, we go down there just because they were having this thing. I didn't have a position. I didn't have a dog in a race one way or the other on the flat earth thing. And I said, okay, I want to go down there because it's somewhere to go, man. It's like an hour and a half from we're going to mm-hmm. go. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go. We go there, man. We show up. And uh, honestly, it, you know, <laughs> we walk in there. We, we paid tickets and everything. We go inside there. And, man, it seemed like a, like a flea market at first. We get in there, and it's like a little bit hazy. We get up in there. And uh, the guy's asking for the ticket and everything. And then I don't know how it came up, but I told the guy, hey, yeah, we got a YouTube channel or whatever. So th- he's like trying to get me over here to meet some of the celebrities. I don't know who any of these yeah. flatter celebrities he, he's are. He's telling us who these people are as yeah. if we're just supposed to know. And we're like, hey, dude, we were bored. We I'm just like, came I'm here. Like, yeah. you know, man, I'm a farmer, dude. I mean, I can tell you what. <laughs> I'm a farmer, man. I don't know what's going on up in here. Well, man, check this out, man. People have been cooped up too long, dude. They opened up the bar man. in this place, man. It was in the morning they it had it like, open. Yeah, it was like 11 o'clock they open up the bar and this man i'm here to tell you nephew these people were as drunk as hogan's goat up in there man they're falling over each other it wasn't even noon yet man these people were so i mean i mean they came from new york they came from all over the country to be there and a lot of them were really cool people at least the ones you could have a conversation with the bro these people yeah. were toe up from the floor up. I ain't kidding, man. I've never seen anything like it. We get outside, <laughs> there ain't nothing to eat. No, so no, no. There's that guy. There's that one guy with that outdoor fryer selling 
He's selling fish, fish. Man. Check this like, out, man. Fish. That's the description. Yeah, it's fried fish. fish. He's selling fish. Which one? I'm like, yo, man, you know the species of this fish? <laughs> 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 At least which body of water it came out of. It's fish. He's out is it a goldfish? <laughs> he doesn't know, but it's fried. Yo, with some, was it pad thai? Hey, no, man. He's calling this stuff pad thai. My man, man. was my man was deep frying carp out up out in there, man. Oh, <laughs> they, they caught it before they caught it before it swam yeah. off the edge of the earth. And they got it from the pot. And they got it from one of those little fucking ponds in the church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was, he hands me this box. It is like a big old box of grease, man. I'm like, man, for and There's real? a whole bunch of fish in there. Like, for what you paid, you shouldn't get that much <laughs> fish. Nah, man, it's like five bucks, man. My man gave me about three pounds of fish. And I'm like, say what? I'm like, I'm sitting there eating this, and then I realize, man, it's all bones, man. You got to sit here and, like, suck the grinning off this yeah. bad boy. Oh. There ain't even no meat on this oh. fish. And I'm like, man, my man, I know it. he called it some kind of white fish, man. That was a carp, homie. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> he some carp up in there. He just had some old goldfish at home. Yeah, so we get up in there, and everybody's. And then, like you said, man, the people are so. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great people in there, also. But man, if you demonstrate sure. even the slightest bit of doubt, like I'm like, hey, man, I don't think you proved the world's flat. You just proved that the people that what they told us was a lie. You didn't prove flat. You just proved a lie. Right. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah. but that ain't that ain't proving it's flat. Hey, to what Sean and I talk about. So there's there was always a lot of evidence that came out that the moon landings were fake, which I think probably all four of us yep. here yep. agree that that was that was fake. Mm-hmm. So the the interesting thing is with flat Earth, they bogarted a lot of that stuff. From the guys who were like, oh, the moon's real, but we've never seen anything on the moon and they've never shown us anything in space. They basically just took all of that and then turned it into flat earth. My my personal belief, Sean gives them 50. I don't give them 50. I'll give them 10. I'll give them 10%. And I, I just seen too much. Well, that was in the what beginning. I, I gave them 50. Let's just say that. Like in the beginning, they're, okay. they're, they're low. They're way. They're, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a big, I'm a big hollow earth proponent. Yeah. I, I really think there's a lot, a lot of evidence culturally throughout the throughout history that has talked about hollow earth, that's talked about things coming out of the earth, going in the earth, giants, Nephilim. We can go down that whole rabbit hole too. But that is that's cult throughout multicultures, multifaceted, like everything you can think of that that is something that has been there throughout the dawn of time, right? Flat Earth, you can... Listen, I've got a book here right now that biblically proves that the Earth's not flat. So they could sit here and talk about all day that the Bible says that it's flat. There's just as much evidence against that too. So I don't want to hear that crap either. And the issue is, I believe it's a PSYOP. I think that it was created to shift people away from the truth, one, of Hollow Earth, because, listen, Sean and I talk about this. I've seen people post stuff about Hollow Earth, and it gets blocked, or it gets hit with false information. You know what doesn't get hit? 
flat earth. There are pages and YouTube channels that have hundreds and thousands, millions of followers that follow flat earth and theories. When a lot don't of get the, blocked. And a lot of those guys that do lose their channels, it's because they talk a lot. They talk a lot of shit and they get reported. I, I'm tired of that too. A lot of people are like, oh man, my channel got taken down. Your channel got taken down because you were doing something else. It's not like you just put information out there. Not saying that people haven't lost their channels for putting like, you know, especially with the COVID stuff. But a lot of times it's because you're talking, like mine probably got to leak because I talk a lot of <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? I talk a lot of shit and people are reporting me and they they think I'm a bully and harassing. And I agree with you that it's a PSYOP. And from what I've learned, I think it's a PSYOP. Yeah, and, and I can agree to an extent, like if you go back to the Flat Earth Society and for that, uh, about hiding hollow earth, but I really think it's to go against the moon landing, like to prove that, because mm. there's the moon hoaxers, that all the Flat Earthers use the moon hoaxers material, their science that they want to use the science that proves that it's uh, uh <laughs> that it's round they don't like that but they they shift away from that they use all their material and they kind of like hide it and then those moon hoaxers believe they're like yeah they started saying like oh look if so if someone goes hey we didn't land on the moon at a party right you'd be like oh yeah you know what that's you know and you can start getting evidence and you go and also the earth's flat you be like all right man you had me you had yeah. me at first <laughs> you know you cuz you had some evidence and now there's these guys too that are like you were saying well William they 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 claim that they've figured it out mathematically but they they forget some of the steps like it's like they're like hey and and they just throw these numbers out there and I'm not a mathematician but I'm like I have google yeah. you know what I mean like I can go on the internet just like anybody else and they assume that people are going to hear these numbers and go, oh, man, you're blown away. They're using that same factor that the occult people use. And I believe it really is a PSYOP. And, and if you see it, that when it really got big was in the early 2000s. It was this phenomenon, like out of nowhere. There wasn't people when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, they weren't like, oh, man, flat earth. You know, yep. man, like you didn't really hear that that much. You didn't. It wasn't nothing. And the early 2000s just became this wildfire. And I, and, and again, I, I'm with you, Billy, like. Yeah, you're right. I'm with you 100% that these guys are lying bastards. Shit, man, anything could be possible. But when you're coming at me and you're like, no, I definitively know and I proved it. And I'm like, oh, you're the guy. You're the guy who figured it out. Like <laughs> all of us in this whole earth, we don't know jack shit but you, but you figured it out. But you're, you're and you're just, and you're so angry. If you were so angry and you figured it out, why, why don't you have a channel that actually really shows these experiments? Cause they can't and they get shut down and then they just go back and forth. And they get mad and they yell at me and then I just laugh and then you know you know how it goes. It's then the circle of life. In. <laughs> yeah. Then, then I my have to step in then my publicist like, gives me a text. Joel, he goes, Hey man, that's enough, man. <laughs> Talking a lot of shit, man. We're getting we're getting to that level of getting reported. I'm like, all right, let me back off a little. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I see it coming too. I'll see these like texts. I'm like, what? What is he commenting on? I'm like, oh my god, I know he's getting into somebody. And then I'll, go, I swear to God, I go there and I'll see like eight of them back to forth. Like, and I hit him up. I was like, hey man, you think we need to be? He's like, the algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> push that video, that that's podcast. Ex that's exactly where they want this to go. I mean, when you have, uh, okay, I'll, you want to know the biggest slap in the face? Go to the Smithsonian in D.C. We were there. Man. You want to go there? Okay, go look at this capsule. You're going to tell me you had three grown men. You look at that capsule. My niece <laughs> couldn't even flip fit through the door. You're telling me this dude was up in this <laughs> My little niece couldn't fit through the Yo, door. And I'm hey. sitting here looking at this thing with these rivets on it. It is so laughable. And I'm like, you're going to tell me they came, they went and came back from the moon in that? There's three guys up in there. And then if you look at the lander, which if you go in the Smithsonian, the Aerospace Museum, 
uh, they have it kind of sitting up away to where you can't actually get real close to it like you can with the Apollo 11 capsule. Which, by the way, like I said, you ain't telling me three guys was sitting up in that thing. And then, and then flew. No. And yeah. flew. And then with aluminum foil suits, man. With aluminum foil. Like, literally, their protection from the radiation. They were like, yeah, let's just yeah. wrap and a they, little bit of aluminum foil. And they caught him from a rotary phone. While they were on a rickety golf cart. A rickety go-kart on the moon. Man, when you look at it from that perspective, like, yeah. there's no way. Like, did you Yeah, see my phone still like, drop calls, that- man. <laughs> I still get drop calls, man. <laughs> How does theirs y'all perfect? See the, y'all see that little box that's right beside it with the little red button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the Batman phone. They got the Batman yeah, phone in there. When they took off, they showed this thing take it off from the moon. Who did they get behind? Bruce Willis left back there or what? I mean, because I'm telling you what, who filmed that and then how they come back and get the film? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. This whole thing is a joke up one side and down the other. And then when they pull something like Flat Earth, I'm like, eh. You ain't you ain't really proving it to me, man. I mean, if you want to prove this, put a laser on the Bonneville salt flats. And then, I mean, this, these are easy solutions in which you could test all this stuff. I mean, I don't see anybody doing it. Yeah. But when you get into hollow earth, I'm right there with you. I mean, even the Bible mentions men's hearts failing them for fear of what's coming upon the earth. And then we also look at all the other, yeah. you look at a lot of the work that, um, when Steve Quayle and Tim Alvarino were working together once upon a time, they did... Um, a really good thing on Genesis 6. It was like a series of videos, and one of them, and I know there are different opinions about Steve Quayle and what he does, but honestly, this stuff was incredible, where they were proving that there was this underground network, and I think they called it the Shinkana. And uh, the Catholic Church would roll in whenever they would find one of these sites, and guess what? They put up a monastery, and then they find out Exactly. Yeah, on top of it. Everywhere where there's a hole coming in and out of the earth. And by the way, they're saying some of these things are big. I mean, you could drive, what do they say? In some cases, you could take an Apollo rocket and stand that sucker straight up driving. That's how tall this is. So what was walking up and down them things? And where did it go? I mean, these are legit things that when the second you bring them up, you know, they want to call you a conspiracy nut. They want to do ever. But I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, who are the ones that are being suppressed? What are the theories that are being suppressed? But I mean, come on, man. You go there to the Air and Space Museum. You look at this thing. Every single thing, like I said before in the beginning of this interview, everything they told us is a profligate lie. And sadly, I mean, they could sit here and think about this, y'all. That's why I'm not. A, I'm. That's why I'm thinking because we are in the fourth turning. That historically, a lot of things that were occulted or hidden are sometimes made known. And take, for example, okay, what might have mm-hmm. happened on 9-11? Or what what really happened at the Kennedy assassination, okay? Or what definitely didn't happen at the Kennedy assassination. Right. Well, they showed right. the American right. public, the president of the United States getting his head blown off. Anybody with any sense that has shot a weapon will know that he got shot from the front or from the side of the front. Yeah. But they sold that lemon to the American people. I actually been in that sixth floor of that school book depository down there. And I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, ain't no way. This ain't going to happen. In no way, nowhere. Why would you shoot a lateral target when you could shoot one coming right at you? And But they sold that lie to the American people, and they bought it. Take the, I mean, even Jim Mars, who probably, if I remember correctly, 
he had said in an interview not long before he died, he said, look, man, there exists, what is it, 10 to 20 times the amount of evidence that 9-11 was not what they said, even more than the Kennedy assassination. And I still can't get these same oh, Kennedy yeah. assassination aficionados to take a second look at 9-11. So it's like we're at that time, we're at that precipice where people, younger people, people my age, 50 and older, man, I mean, for the most part, they're just going to believe whatever. You know, they're kind of caught within the the matrix, Plato's cave, whatever mm-hmm. you choose to call it. But it seems that there are a fair number of people, guys like yourselves, that are asking critical questions of everything. Mass shooting. But the guy's dressed up like Batman. Looks like he's about to be shot out of a cannon. With and thousands and thousands of dollars of weapons. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff that, that you guys and us are asking critical questions about that in generations, well— I'd say in the generation prior, they would just believe whatever the official story was, or maybe they have doubts about it and never never went beyond that. You and I, all of us congregated right here, right now, are asking critical questions about the status quo. Well, the powers that shouldn't be don't like that. And those questions grow about everything. And you know the number, and guys, I come full circle with this as a farmer, but the number one proven way in the history of humanity to wake up people concerning corruption, concerning occulted information, concerning all these things. Believe it or not, the number one source to wake people up is starvation. I hate to say it. Nobody cares yeah. for their bellies. I mean, here every they just approved that jab for anybody over six months. It's on the vaccine schedule right now. Still nobody cares. It's crazy. Still nobody cares. But I'll tell you what, they're going to be singing a different tune when these food, when the food ain't in that grocery store, they're all going to be singing a different tune. And food is the oh, easy, yeah. is the best way to become independent from whatever system they've constructed. Because it starts with food. Once your food becomes independent, once you know where it's coming from and you can get that without having to interact with the system at all, then your medicine starts becoming independent because now you're eating healthier food. Now you know where it's coming from. It's quality food. You don't have to take these prescriptions. And now once you're off these prescriptions, you start thinking clearly and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't send my kids to college. Maybe that's just a waste of time. And then you start, it's just a doing one correct thing is a compounding effect. Or maybe you ask the medical community, you know, MD doesn't stand for medical deity. Just be, you know what? Oh, well, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking <laughs> like about. Okay, well, you know who else was a doctor? Stanley Gottlieb, who ran uh, MK Ultra. Jolly and Wet, MK Ultra. He was a doctor too. How about, um, oh, do I need to even go down? Okay, what about Anthony Fauci? He's a doctor. What about that Deborah Burks? Doctor. What about. <laughs> And they're barely doctors. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They have an appeal to authority that just because you're. But I'll say this though, not even just the high level, because uh, like my my uh, daughter's mother, she's been in the medical field for a long time, and she's worked for a lot of different doctors. And me being getting a little insight on them, there's a lot that don't give a shit, oh, yeah. man. That they're there for money. They're that they're gonna go with like whatever, whatever the status quo is. Now there's a few good ones. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're hard to find now. It seems like all of them are really just like whatever. Yeah, the CDC said this, so this is what we do now. Instead of critically thinking, and I think that. People assume that because a doctor went to a lot of schooling, oh, he's got to be smart, man. He's went to school for it. Is he smart or is he just good at memorizing information? Because memorizing information and thinking freely and actually critically thinking is two different things. Education doesn't mean that you're smart. You yeah. can be educated and not be smart. 
you could be brainwashed all day yeah, indoctrinated all day you're not smart though you know what i mean it, it's it's two different things but people get so caught up in that in that facade that lie you know i've got a i've got an extended family member on my girl's side brother god the essence of that a nurse thinks he knows everything will 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 tell you you know, in, in the way that he just, just, uh, this air of, uh, <laughs> like a flat earther. You know, you, you know yeah. No, 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 not at all. Like, not at all. Like, he believes Take in the shot moon landing. Shots fired. Uh, <laughs> no, he believes, he believes anything he's told. But he's also, and, 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 and this isn't a shot at Billy because you went the other route of it. But I know he was in the military, and I know a lot of guys in the military, they go one of two ways. They either, are indoctrinated the rest of their lives because they've been told what to do and they've been trained that way. Or they realize when they're in there, like, man, this is crazy. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to learn for myself. You know what I mean? So he's one of those. He went to the military and never, never broke that that, matrix. And he's just, you want to know my, my first red pill moment was honestly, and you just hit it right there. Okay. Check this out. I was a soldier, um, you know, airborne sapper, and um, I remember we were about to jump into Haiti. And at that time, this is a story a lot of people don't know or maybe remember much about. But I remember being at Fort Bragg at the core marshalling area. And we were going in what's called a Mako brief. And they basically tell you what your mission is going to be. Now, you're sequestered in this place, all mm. the other soldiers that are with you. And um, we were basically told, you're going to jump out of this. And then... Um, condensing it but basically you're going to jump out of this airplane you're going to land on this airfield and you're going to kill every living thing on the east side of that runway okay i remember leaving that brief and i'm walking back and i'm with my other buddies we just got our orders and we're in here talking to each other like yeah can't wait to hit the ground you know and you know maybe that's the attitude a soldier ought to have when you're going into what you think is going to be combat so we said okay we're going to hit the ground we're going to smoke these guys and i remember this lieutenant he comes up. He wasn't even my lieutenant. He walks up behind us, and there's maybe four of us there, and he walks up. He says, hey, uh, man, and then we just kind of realize he's there, and we just salute him, and we're walking right back to where we were supposed to be going. He says, hey, does any one of you guys want to know why you've been asked to go in here and kill these people? And then I remember the other three guys, they were like, well, I don't really care, blah, and I just remained silent. It was, it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. It was the most embarrassing moment of my life. And I got to say that Lieutenant, and I still remember his name. I won't say it here. That was my red pill moment of realizing that I was a freaking robot. I was programmed because I didn't Mm. even ask the question. And I didn't even want to know why I was asked to jump out of this airplane and smoke every go old Testament on every living thing on the East side of that runway. Didn't even ask the reasons why. They asked me to go here and kill people. And I remember I I wasn't I was never one that was always um I'm very very seldom am I ever speechless, but even now recalling that story realize it makes me realize, okay, huh. If I was that brainwashed and I'm smarter than the average bear, how brainwashed is the crew now? Because they've kicked out a lot of the guys who wouldn't take mm. that jab. They told them, hey, go in here. Roll into that mm. house and smoke everybody in it. Would they give it any second thought? I dare say they wouldn't. But honestly, I was one of those people that was equally as brainwashed. And I got to say, 
that red pill moment. I mean, if I ever get a chance to come across that lieutenant, well, I'm sure he's more than, I mean, he's out now, I'm sure. It's been many moons ago. But I remember um, from that day on, I never, I was never the same. I was never the same. There was never anything I was ever going to be told that I wasn't going to question or at least wonder why. I mean, how stupid was I? And I'm smarter than the average bear. Like I said, I'm an autodidact. I'm self-taught. And I got a PhD in pimpology. And I'm here to tell you, I don't usually just (laughs) buy the official story of anything. But honestly, just like everybody else, man, I was in that matrix. And it was from that day on, I decided literally decided that, you know, that's what I was, but that's not what I'm going to be. I'm going to study. I'm going to find out. And then, okay, that red pill led into me looking into the Kennedy assassination. And then that red pill led me to look into (laughs) World War II, uh, the the occulted history of World War II. And then if you really want to have your mind blown, go, go check out World War I and how that all went down. And then go back a little bit further. Huh, Mm. Civil War ain't what I was told it was. And then you find out every single data point in history. Every single one of them has been a comp. It's been a manufactured lie. Every bit of it. And most people just buy it hook, line, and sinker. But, you know, I'm thankful to this day. I got to believe that I would have had another red pill moment had it not been for that. But I got to say, it's funny because you brought it up right there, Joel. You said it perfectly. It's either you you got two camps. You don't find anybody in the uh, that straddles both sides in the military. It's either one side where you're completely awake, or one side you're completely, um, you know, just absolutely uh, brainwashed. Do you think there's a branch more likely to be brainwashed than others? Yeah. yeah, when it comes down to brainwashing, I mean, probably Marines are number one, Army number two, um, mm. and the other two, I don't even know. Um, Air Force and Navy, I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, I don't even think it matters anymore. I think part of what's been going on right now is to get the people, the ones who would ask credit, the ones that would ask, why am I at being asked to jump out this plane and kill everybody here? All those people have been thrown out. Yeah. So what do you think is going to oh, happen? Yeah. I mean, you you said it right there, Joel. And then honestly, you go into the police departments. Are they maybe they're a little bit different? I don't doubt it. Maybe it's exactly set up this way to because that's exactly what the powers that shouldn't be want. But honestly, I was just like that's why I sympathize mm-hmm. to these people that are still stuck in the matrix because I myself know perfectly well that I was a lemming just like everybody else. Mhm. Well, shit hits the fan. I'm going to be knocking on Billy's door like, hey, what can I help out with? And, uh, <laughs> do you need me to go collect those apples now? Or? Apples. I'm already going to be out there picking them up. Hey, I ain't gonna hey come don't be stealing you. my job, man. Hey, you got a long way to go to find Billy's jungle palace, man. We're in an undisclosed location for reasons of security. Yeah, brother. I love it. Yeah, that's, out. that's what I'm talking about. But, man, I, I really appreciate Billy and William jumping on the show man giving a little uh pimp daddy love on here you know what i mean getting some pimp daddy knowledge to everybody uh before we leave though can you again tell everybody where they can find you and uh you know we'll, we'll put all the links in the show notes but you know just let them know where to go to find uh, you youtube we're on uh we're on youtube under perma pastures farm and then uh our podcast is called the permaculture pimp cast and you can find that on i think most streamers all the streamers i'm pretty sure yeah, you know, the funny thing is, he's over here looking at me like I know where to find this stuff, man. If it wasn't for him, man, I wouldn't even 
know I've been talking a lot, man, but you think I know where to find it? I'm just here to fill in the gaps. Nine one three, man. I know my phone number, and that's about it, bro. Redacted. You know, we'll redact that. <laughs> hey, you know where you guys can follow us uh, at on Instagram at Operation Kill the Mockingbirds, at Vantessa Music, at Sean Chris Music, um, Kill the Mockingbirds on Telegram. Of course, like, subscribe, uh, give us five stars. Why not? Leave us a good review, bad review. Hey, you leave a bad review, we might do what Billy does and put you on a shirt, man. You want to be on a shirt? Leave a good comment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, and all of this farm talk has really got me thinking that that like little seed that I planted inside of Jensaki's heart is slowly <laughs> growing, and it made me understand after talking to Billy that sometimes it takes a while for things to grow. So I'm starting to think too, like that that tree that's all alone. Sometimes it can be. The strongest tree, and I'm letting her know right now. I'm hey. the strongest tree. I don't. You don't sometimes, need the forest, baby. Sometimes it you takes two thousand years for a seed to germinate, Joe. That's what I'm saying, though. But I'm willing to wait. <laughs> well, with that plant talk, I think we're gonna end out on Van Tesla photosynthesis, and you know how we do it here: wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Brah, brah. Killers! Killers! The complexities of growth. Family foundations right now are on a tightrope. And the cloaks around the table love to see our eyes closed. Every eyelid open is equivalent to a lifetime. Van Tesla. This what it felt like to make love again. Got me staring at the sun again. I'm just trying to be a better man. But it got me out here playing weather. We know the memo. I stay on ten toes. You see the info. But I know the MO. Who was he so for? We back to normal. We know that for. Sure, let's pack the four. I'm running on fumes, no fossils. Swimming them up with no castles. Take to the bank with no commas. Scars cling to my paws on the cliff. Mufasa, but the pain causes growth. Body side like a viking your politicians are saviors reciting why are you looking around so surprising when it goes to hey don't want to get into that language going right to left like a manga then left the right day in language my fertilizer a little different years don't make me better than you though because it took me time to see the truth to see the end game like a russo but that don't mean a bad fingers when we come together The sun and my pursuit, the rain shining on me, reaching out beyond me. Sometimes it hurts when you grow, but it's worth it. How we get there and perfect. This what it felt like to make love again. Got me staring at the sun again. I'm just trying to be a better man But it got me out here playing weatherman This what it feel like to make love again Got me staring at the sun again 
I'm just trying to be a better man. But it got me out here playing weatherman. 